You have my permission. As long as you want to kill the enemy, you can have sex with anything you want. Go ahead. Well, I like to fuck other guys. Here's another guy and a gun. Go, go! I like to fuck sheep. Here's a sheep and a humpy. Go! I like to fuck watermelons. Here's a watermelon and a gun. Go, go, go! Fuck them, kill them, and eat them, boys. Go ahead. Uh-huh. That's fucking unconscionable. Because I'm not missing much if the MTV award shows any indication. Meaning... service announcement from Brill Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Chester Radio. <laughs> Don't argue with the ball. Roger, we'll go. It's as good as done. The complete solution for your home PC. Welcome to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. Whoa, 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 whoa. giving props to my hoe because she fly, but I'm the other white meat. Seeing him now, I'm hung like planet Pluto. I tell you, man, that joke never fails to crack me up. You really hung like planet Pluto? I'm hung like fucking, it's teeny, right? It's I like guess that's what the joke is, but it's funny. It just cracks me up every time. I'm hung like planet Pluto, hard like, to see with the like naked eye. It's like the size eye. of our moon or something, I right? Guess, I guess, yeah, no, I guess that's what it means. It's teeny. But it's funny. Penis jokes are just inherently funny. You ever been in class or something like that and kids want to play the penis game? You ever play that? No, what's that? So you can scream penis the loudest without getting in trouble. And how high up did you? I'm sure you just started out at full. Oh, uh, uh, my friends were fucking up. No, my my friends were obnoxious, so they just screaming as loud as they could and pointing at me. 
Well, no, I never played that game, but I'm going to start playing it now. <laughs> it's funny. You places. can do it. You can do it anywhere, dude. You can play the penis game anywhere. It's pretty fun. You know, just like when somebody will finally get pissed off at you and say something. You can do it anywhere. Hey, good evening. Welcome to the Ravings of a Clown. It's Tuesday, March the 4th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Come on in. Have a sit down. Make yourself to home. As Grandma Jester would say, put your feet up, put your head back. You do have head back permission for the duration of the show. That's right. For the next 120 minutes, you have full head back permission, which means that if anybody stops by and gives you that dirty, funky look, like, what the fuck are you doing? You simply hold up that hand, hold up your hand palm outward in the uh, talk to the hand position, and uh, simply say, head back permission, I'll explain later. You know what my favorite is? You ever see, I forget what movie it is, but the chick's driving in the car, and uh, the guy's like, now extend your arm. He's giving her a driving lesson. Now extend your arm and your hand, and then extend your middle finger. And the guy, and the chick's giving some, like, fucking truck at the middle finger and shit. It was priceless in the middle of the chick's driving lesson. She had, like, no idea what she was doing. So that's what head back permission makes you think of? No, just like the hand the hand gesture when you're going to the hand gesture stuff. Really. I, I hear think you. about that. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, we're we're going to take a look at what's going on. Uh, political hotbed, if you've been tuned in. We've been playing uh, all kinds of uh, wonderful political humor um, this evening, uh, featuring Dave Chappelle and Bill Mars and uh, Dana Gould. And um, there's, uh, you know, it's just another one of these big days that I don't understand. I wish somebody would call and, and enlighten us here. Uh, but, I was just about to ask you to enlighten me. Yeah, I was no, like, what the hell's going on, man? I'm really apparently, confused. We don't live in a democracy at all. We actually live in what they call a republic. And what the difference is, is that we vote for people who vote for people. And in this case, the lead up to a presidential election is actually a sequence of contests, um, caucuses and primaries that determine who will be the representative for the two parties. So it's not like we have an open choice of, you know, 100 people who want to be president. We have to just choose from the two people they whittle it down to. And they whittle it down to by appealing to the special interests of the voters in the primary areas and the and and the individuals who are involved in these caucuses which can only be a, a few thousand in some cases so if you're campaigning for that all you got to do is go campaign on one block because you just so it, it, it what it does is it forces politicians to appeal to very tiny special interests because that's the only way that they can get win these interim contests so they're not a, um, stating their true um position on any important issues they're just hacking away at whatever this little crowd over here is worried about today and this does not make a good government it makes the kind of grasping at straws an, an interesting me. horse race but that's really all it is all this shit talking the survivor too. of this process is not necessarily the best can you know a uh, candidate for uh, leading the free world and that's what we got going on. Why not stop by JesterRadio.com? And there's all kinds of cool things to do, including stop by our chat room and uh, throw your two drachmas into the thick of the fray. 646-502-8600. 646-502-8600. Bob's got a song for you later with that. Huh. And uh, 
uh, we'll get you live on the air uh, with your old pal. Uh, or you could Skype in. Our Skype name is Chester Radio. You can uh, also instant messenger us at um, Jester Radio 1, and there's a million other ways you can contact us. Tell us what you want to hear. We'll get it on the air within 15 minutes, or I have my left testicle surgically removed uh, without the benefit of anesthesia. I'm just going to use your dog. No, we'll use instruments, we'll sanitary use a, instruments. We'll use, a, we'll use a dog, so... So it'll be a lot funnier just seeing somebody get bitten. In the that, I'm not. I'm not sure how. Yeah, if funny. I want to go for that. What, where's that coming from? That's from down there over there. Uh, over there. From oh, high right. atop just the radio studios. And I forgot we were way up here. Arizona. I know it feels almost like we're yeah. on the ground floor. Yeah. Are we ever on the floor? We're always in the clouds, man. I stay pretty high up there. How about you? Um. Well, I tell you, it was that second joint that put me over the top, but. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, 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 As many people know, Bob the Engineer, in addition to being a world-class radio engineer, is also qualifies, I think, as a professional marijuana cigarette manufacturer. Really? Wouldn't you say? I've never been told that before by anybody other than you. I mean, I've been complimented, but I mean, yeah, that is truly, that is, that is up there. marijuana cigarettes. Especially by somebody. They're so, like practically you know, machine-made. They're with, so your, with your background? Yeah. And all the marijuana yeah. smoking. Oh, it's, yeah. Oof, uh, that's a compliment. That, believe me, it's a compliment. Yeah. You know? Arizona Senator John McCain, a political maverick and unflinching supporter of the war in Iraq, clinched the Republican presidential nomination just moments ago. Barack Obama defeated Hillary Clinton in the Democratic primary in Vermont, and the two rivals dueled in Ohio, Texas, and Rhode Island in a riveting race for the uh, party's presidential nomination. McCain, 71, gained the 1,191 delegates needed to gain the Republican nomination, completing a remarkable comeback that began in the snows of New Hampshire six weeks ago. President Bush invited him to the White House for a show of support on Wednesday. The former Vietnam prisoner of war is making his second try for the White House after losing the GOP nomination to Bush in 2000. So he's the apparent heir, heir apparent. And um, he's... uh, Great guy, like you know, we were talking about before the show. He spent six and a half years in a metal box. Yeah. So, like yeah. you correctly pointed out, that doesn't immediately qualify. That, qualify, that doesn't no. qualify him as somebody that should be a commander in chief. That qualifies him as somebody that belongs in a fucking mental institution right. or right. on Absolutely. heavy medication that Absolutely. would not allow him like something. You can't, no offense. Dr- if, you can't, if you can't operate machinery under that medication, then you don't belong with your. You know, on the big honestly, red you're absolutely right. Honestly, I have all these mixed feelings about the, you know, the the, the armed services. I do have a great deal of respect for anybody that pursues a difficult, uh, rewarding career, and certainly there is a, um, that noble service to one's uh, country is a you know a great, great, great thing. Yeah, and we're not knocking. Obviously, on we're not, knock, we're not, not knocking on. For that. Obviously, there's a whole lot wrong with the um, you know with the, the military, and there's a whole lot wrong with the, the government, but. Yeah, but when you just try and fucking milk that, so everybody you know takes pity on you. Nobody wants to pity. Uh, I don't think he. he I don't think he's oh, been come milking. On. He fucking milks that every chance he well, gets. Well, you know he's a good guy. I just disagree with him. I just disagree with him on every single thing that he says. I disagree with him in Iraq. Obviously, he's a total hawk. 
and a, cat, a flag bearer for that whole, you know, fucking wacko mentality. There's still a quarter of this country that's proud of that we're at war in a foreign country. And he still thinks he's at fucking war. He's still fucking crawling around the jungles of Vietnam. <laughs> you shitting me? The motherfucker's in his house, dude. He sees a bush, dude. He jumps behind it. What's fucking that? Who's there? Who's there? Who is it? Who's that? Well, well, you know, like that may be very true, you know, and I agree with you. I don't know if I want that kind of, uh, you know, wackiness in the White House. You, know, you ever see? You remember? You remember fucking Cheech and Chong up in smoke on the guy when uh, Cheech goes to get the weed, and he's fucking in the in the motorcycle with his crazy his crazy uh, cousin, and he's fucking his cousin starts wigging out and having that that weird flashback, and he's like bombs. And all of a sudden, the guy just, like, wigs out and jumps off the motorcycle and sends Cheech flying into some shit. Into, uh, what is that, the phone booth or something? Well, uh, maybe I remember that. Maybe I don't. You know, the great thing about the Cheech and Chong movies is that you're supposed to watch them when you're wasted out of your noodle, so. Yeah. I try my best. I've seen it so many times, though. It's one of those things you just can't forget it. Mike Huckabee uh, dropped out of the race after hearing that... Uh, uh, McCain clinched, so McLean clinched his uh, sphincter and yeah. what's his name? Just That's said, I'm, I'm all set. Clinched. Iran vowed to push ahead with uranium enrichment today, a day after the UN Security Council passed a third round of sanctions that Tehran called worthless and politically biased. The council approved the measures in a 14 to zero vote. But unity among the major powers faltered today when Russia and China blocked an attempt by Western nations to introduce a resolution on Iran's nuclear defense at a meeting of the U.N. Nuclear Watchdog Agency. The dispute reflected the often contentious relations between the West and Russia and China about how to deal with Iran's refusal to suspend enrichment and meet other Security Council demands aimed at ensuring its nuclear program isn't trying to produce atomic weapons. Of course, the Ruskies and the Chinese have to team up with Yeah, because Iran. They're, the, they're the two fucking shitheads. Well, be, the two, yes, the, they are the, the two, two shitheads. They're the two biggest shitheads. Certainly from know? our they're perspective. Kinda like, they're kind of like isolated, and they live in their own little world, and but, they don't really give a fuck what else is going well, on. Well, that's exactly why. You know, from their perspective, I'm sure the U.S. is a huge threat, and without their alliance with each other, I'm sure they feel very... Naked in the world, wouldn't you? No, I think they feel very, very comfortable where they're at. And they, I don't they think just, so. They should just stay I there and so. keep I doing what they they're live, doing and just I think they live in constant around. fear of the U.S. I think the world trembles in our wake. Oh, yeah. You know. I really do, honestly. Yeah, I mean, well, we got all the fucking, we got all the shit, dude. I mean, come on, who's going to go? United States and who's Israel. Who's stupid enough to fucking... You know, wish war upon themselves with us. I mean, come on. Are you serious? Like, you're really going to well, fuck uh, with uh, the that's best my of the point. best? That's my point. Iran. Iran wishes war with the U.S. They're looking. Uh, if they fucking, if they keep asking, dude, someone's going to fucking come knocking, you know. They are definitely gonna looking find to get them. into it. I tell you, when, it, when that finds them, dude, they're going to get fucking turned inside out, dude. They're fucking... Entrails, we become extrails and all sorts yeah, of shit. Yeah, it's a lovely and, fantasy. Yeah. A day into one of the city's biggest uh, murder investigations in decades, Memphis, Tennessee, two men, two women, and two boys Ugh. shot and stabbed. Police conceded today they had virtually nothing to go on. Investigators said they believe the attacker or attackers 
were not among the dead, ruling out a murder or suicide, but detectives faced a broad window for the killing sometime between Saturday night and Monday evening when the six bodies and three wounded children were found in a small brick home on a dead-end street in a poor neighborhood east of uh, downtown Memphis. Officers went door-to-door looking for tips that could lead to a suspect or a motive where working with a blank sheet of paper, police spokeswoman Monique Martin said, most of the victims have been shot and at least one child had been stabbed. Uh, The children range in age from 1 to 12 years old. That's sick. Surviving kids were hospitalized, too, in very critical condition, the other in serious. Their families asked uh, no more details of their conditions be released, and it wasn't clear uh, when or if they might be able to help investigators. Meanwhile, authorities hoped for leads from the rough-edged community called Binghamton, where low-income housing and apartments sit near cheap motels and junkyards. We know there are people out there who have heard things, seen things, known things, that might just help uh, together uh, put the pieces together of a puzzle on what occurred in that home. So obviously some fucking lunatic nigger came in and slashed them all to bits. What do you mean, what happened? You're going to assume, and, you're gonna assume it was ass- a nigger? Is that, is that a fair assumption to make? I would assume that if it was a white person, they'd be in prison by now. Yeah. Everybody in the neighborhood would have seen him sticking out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Was it a black neighborhood? Yeah. yeah. Well, I just said yeah. it was a rundown neighborhood. What do you think it was a rundown white neighborhood? No, I wasn't. I wasn't paying that closely attention. Oh, well, I never I do. Oh, okay. I never do. I hear you. I, f- I find that if I do, I just find nothing but grief. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, no news is good news. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if it was a white guy, dude, he definitely would have been in jail. <laughs> but then again, think about it, dude. If it was a nigger. They would have fucked it all up, dude, and they would have gotten caught. You know, they would have well, fucking. They, definitely they would have fucking been hitting the glass. They would have been sucking the glass, dick in the house, and passed out and been found there. You know, the next morning. That's what. That's what. That's what happened if the nigger was there. Well, that's why you're not paying attention. Uh, is a, is not a benefit to you because, as I said in the story, they it happened sometime between Saturday night and Monday night. So it could have happened over a period of two days. Ah, uh, all right, all right. You see what I'm saying? All right. Or Saturday morning. Right, so, yeah, very well could have been a nigger. So, they, yeah, there was a yeah, nigger right. partying in there with the glass pipe. Absolutely. You never know. It could have been a, a Mexican, too, dude. The Mexicans no Mexican. and the blacks live no. very closely together. This is Memphis, Tennessee, the home of rock and roll. Yeah, come on. Everywhere, every slum is overrun by Mexicans and niggers. Come on, don't give me that shit. Mexicans? I don't see. I don't notice the Mexicanos. You, you gotta go. You gotta go to the certain spots. I can bring you to some real Mexican spots. Or there's really? just Mexican how's crack. The, they're just crackheads everywhere. How, how are the tacos though? Uh, I don't even fuck with it, dude. I'm not trying to get E. coli or some shit. From they all have E. coli fucking. because I'm they're not, from I'm Mexico. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to fuck with it, dude. You know, maybe if it was like I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable where I'm at. I'm with don't, you. I don't feel comfortable enough where I'm at to go and just fuck with anybody's food. I'm with you, know? you. It's interesting to me, honestly. It's interesting to me as I travel around the world. Uh, uh, coming from, you know, New York and growing up, you know, going into the city as a kid and, you know, uh, that what people around the world consider the bad neighborhood always seems like, you know, not so bad to me. It's not really a bad neighborhood. I I remember when I first moved to Boston, they um, warned me about the Tenderloin District. And it was like this, like, you know. So right away, as soon as I get there, I want to go. I get into a cab, and I say, take me to the Tenderloin, whatever it is. So the guy pulls up in front of this club called, like, the Kit Kat Club or something. 
And I said, where, where is the, like, the range of the whole the district, the, the whole hot district, in case this club you know, sucks, I'll go to another one. He's like, no, this is it. It was like a block of like <laughs> a couple of whores and like two fucking strip clubs. That was the, that was the uh, red light district in Boston. To the uh, list of simple childhood pleasures whose safety have been questioned, add ne- this one, eating snow. Now we can't do that. A recent study found that snow, even in relatively pristine spots like Montana and the Yukon, contained large amounts of bacteria. One of my childhood, fondest childhood memories was Bessie making snow ice cream. You know what? You know what I have to say to those people? Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm keep eating snow. <laughs> I'll eat snow if I fucking damn well please, dude. Parents who warn their kids not to eat dirty snow, especially the yellow variety, yeah, are left wondering on. whether to stop them from tasting the newly fallen stuff, too, because of the synonymous syringa bacteria that can cause diseases in bean and tomato plants. Experts say there's no need to banish snow eating, along with dodgeball, unchaperoned trick-or-treating, and riding a bike without a helmet. It's a very ubiquitous bacteria that's everywhere, said Dr. Penelope Dennehy, member of the American Academy of Pediatrics Committee on Infectious Diseases. Basically, none of the food we eat is sterile. We eat bacteria all the time. Children practically well, if it wasn't bathe for bacteria, in bacteria. If, we, if it wasn't for bacteria, our bodies wouldn't be able to function. Absolutely. You're you know? 100% correct. They, you know what? Fuck this! Fuck these people that are saying, "Ah, uh, it's well, George, not good to eat snow." Just because mommy and daddy didn't let you go outside and play in the snow, you grew up somewhere down south. Doesn't mean you got to be a fucking sadist asshole. George Carlin tell said everybody that it's sick he, to eat snow. He he grew up swimming in the East River, and he I ne- remember that he never gets sick because he swam in the East yeah. River. Yeah, I remember that. George Carlin's a funny motherfucker. I'll tell you that. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. It's coming through a hole in the air. From those nights in Tiananmen Square, it's coming from the feel that ain't exactly real, or it's real, but it ain't exactly there. From the wars against disorder, from the sirens night and day, from the fires of the homeless, from the ashes of the gay, democracy is coming, kicking and screaming, finally, to the USA. You're on Chester Radio. Leave it where it is. It's coming through a hole in the air From those nads in Tiananmen Square It's coming from the feel that this ain't exactly real Or it's real, but it ain't exactly Disorder from the sirens night and day, from the fires of the homeless, from the ashes of the gay. Democracy is coming to the USA. It's coming from 
the silence on the dock of the bay From the brave, the bold, the battered heart of Chevrolet The mock seals come to that USA
Sentimental, if you know what I mean. I love the country, but I can't stand the scene. And I'm neither left or right. I'm just staying home tonight, getting lost in that hopeless little screen. But I'm stubborn as those garbage bags that time cannot decay. I'm junk, but I'm still holding up this little wild bouquet. Democracy is coming to the USA. The incredible Leonard Cohn on Jester Radio. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown this Tuesday, March the 4th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Hanging in the Jester Radio chat room, why not stop by? It's so easy to get into. Simply stop by www.jesterradio.com, click on where it says chat, and if you can't follow the instructions from there, we don't want you. The U.S.-backed Palestinian hanging behind the glass, by the way, this evening with Robert, the engineer. What's going on? Keeping me company, rolling the joints. Oh, yeah. To perfection. To any, perfection. there's anybody rich out there that smokes a lot of weed, I'll take 200 bucks a day to roll the joints for you. If you need a professional marijuana cigarette roller. I take, I take 200 bucks a day to carry your shit. That's and, not too much to ask. Yeah, that's really not, dude. I'll go. I'll find all the people. I'll find all the shit. Now you have you to obviously it? put some of it away in a fund for when you get busted. Yeah, obviously. I mean, oh, no, that would, that would be sure. conditions of my contract that I would have a signed. A fund. fund. No, that the person who I'm working for would deal with all my legal fees and whatnot. Right, legal fees. Because I would just be fucked up to leave me hanging. For only two hundred bucks a day. That's 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 <laughs> no. It doesn't sound a, so much. That's not a lot. That's really not a lot of money there to be. To, to but meanwhile, legal bills risk. can be huge, mm. tens of thousands. Yeah, as you well know, the U.S.-backed Palestinian president rebuffed the Bush's administration request today to quickly end a walkout of peace talks with Israel, saying Israeli military bombardment of civilians in the Gaza Strip is unacceptable. Under any circumstance. So this is another legacy George Bush has for his presidency is that right there, 10 months before the end of his presidency, all hell broke loose in the Middle East between the Palestinians and the Israelis. 
and that whatever fucking progress had been made all fell to shit in, in his, you know, final moments. Isn't that kind of a, a Bush thing? M- meanwhile, President Bush remains optimistic. If you think about it, it, right? Within only 10 months left of his, president, uh, his presidency, Bush said today that he still believes there's plenty of time to get Mideast peace deal uh, before his term ends. People have been trying to do this for 10,000 years, but he thinks he's got plenty of time. Yeah, one fucking redneck thinks that he can change these fucking Arab you know assholes. You know minds, why? Dude. You know why? Because he's an idiot. No, you want to know why? Because he's a Christian. He wants to push everything that he knows and he loves and he holds dear to him that he was fucking brought up on. Yep, you're absolutely right. And his sadist right. little parents fucking contributed to. All right, he wants to fucking shove that down everybody's throats just like the Christians have been doing for fucking years and years and years. So you know what? All you Christians can go to fucking hell. This is a process that will always take two steps forward and one step back, Bush said after meeting at the White House with uh, Jordan's King Abdullah II. We just need to make sure it's just one step back. Yeah, just one, not like fucking five, buddy. Venezuela and Ecuador, meanwhile, reinforced their borders with Colombia today as the three nations traded increasingly bitter accusations over Colombia's cross-border strike on a leftist guerrilla base in, in Ecuador. So Colombia um, s- struck at a guerrilla base uh, over the border, and as a result, now, um, you know, Venezuela and Ecuador are going ape shit. Rejecting a Colombian apology is insufficient. Ecuador sought international condemnation. <laughs> <laughs> they want the whole world to get together like anybody gives a flying fuck about these two flea-bitten shitholes. I know, right? Well, actually, I'd be, you know, I'd be more inclined to help the people out, you know, in South America than I would in the fucking Middle East, dude. That, maybe so, but... You know, uh, I mean, the only reason we help, the only reason we're trying to do anything, or George Bush is trying to do anything, or anyone's even thinking about doing anything is because they got all the fucking oil. But other than that, dude... Well, maybe so, but first of all, there's plenty of oil in South America. And second of all, I'm not in any fucking mood to help anybody now, to tell you the truth. I think we should get everybody home for a while. You know what? what? If Mitt Romney becomes becomes the president, you know what's going to happen? You're going to fucking start a war in South America. Pigs will start flying. You know 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 what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen, He's going to be out there crawling around in the jungle all freaked out, like, oh, shit. No. Well, if Mitt Romney becomes president, then pigs will fly out of my ass. Yeah. Ecuadorian President Rafael Carrera (laughs) called his Colombian counterpart Alvaro Uribe a bold-faced liar. Uribe demanded the International Criminal Court try Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez for genocide. President Bush has accused Chavez of provocative maneuvers. By the way, Hugo Chavez... I'm accusing you of provocative maneuvers. They're all, uh, they're sure. all, they're, they're all lunatic dictators down there in South America, but this Hugo Chavez is an, is an especially um, dangerous lunatic. So we got, you know, we got shit happening all over the world. And, you know, they, they say the fish stinks from the head down. And you know who I blame for this? What's going on? In South America, Bush, because he runs such a fucking corrupt government and such an anti-constitutional you know, government that, it, you know, even the cop on the street thinks there's no Fourth or Fifth Amendment. I don't know, First Amendment for that matter. Well, you know what would happen if you said fuck you to a cop? Well, I, you know, I do believe um, what would happen... If if you said fuck you to a cop, or if I said fuck you to a cop, 
are two different things. So I, I say fuck you to cops all the time. They don't seem to. Uh, uh, you know, every time actually, they, I had this one run. It every time one. they pull me over for one of these spot checks, I say. Why are you pulling people over? This is a violation of my Fourth Amendment. And they go, yeah, just next. <laughs> they just don't even engage with me. All right, well, next time I get stopped at a... At a yeah, you see, with you, it's a, it's a different story because... Yeah, they'll be like, all right, this, this motherfucker is hiding kid. something, dude. Yeah, but you are. freaky looking. Yes, you are. I'm You're scary. Freaky. You're scary looking. Yeah. Military officials accused Iran today of um, continuing to train and arm insurgents in Iraq, uh, while U.S. lawmakers said that they were disappointed that Baghdad opened its doors to Islamic Republicans, uh, Republic's top leader. I think it's offensive, said Senator Carl Levin um, of Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad's two-day trip to Iraq this week. Iraq has got every right to invite whomever they want. They're sovereign, but we have a right to express an opinion about it, said Levin. Levin's remarks came uh, as the U.S. is struggling to combat to uh, combat Iran's growing influence in the region, and senior military commanders say it continues to provide powerful bombs to Shiite militias in Iraq. So we know for a fact, we know this is going on now for years, that Iran is secretly providing weapons and training to insurgents in Iraq. You know what? You know what's so kinda... they're aiding our enemy. They are our enemy. What the fuck is the problem? Let's, but you know let's what bomb I... them back to the Stone Age, which is what? Uh, uh, 50 years? Uh, not not very far. I mean, fucking... Let's do it, man. Let's just carpet bomb the motherfucker. You, you know what's really fucking retarded, though, is that just all of a sudden, like, I feel bad for the Iraqis and people in Afghanistan and shit because they just kind of got fucking screwed. I mean, yeah, they had a shitty dictator before and blah, blah, blah and whatnot, but they just got absolutely fucked because now it's basically just... Where they live has been turned into a fucking, just a war zone for Iran yeah, well, and the United States to fucking blow each other up. And it's basically like, oh, cool. Nobody gives a fuck about these people. Well, you're let's absolutely have our right, war, Let's have our war here. You're absolutely right. As usual, the you know, Instead average of, you know, Joe on the street is the, is the real victim. They're the ones who suffer, you know, the... Quite frankly, I think if they just left the Iraqis and all them shits alone, dude, and fucking just went over... You know, when I was a kid... And did their thing, dude... And with Iran and when I was a kid, there was a commercial on TV where these two big fucking middle-aged, sweaty guys in business suits. People that looked like they smelled like onions if you got too close. Yeah. Kind of like you. They were Exactly. All they right. were battling it out in a, in a boxing ring. They by both the way, like had on way, suits and ties. By the way, some speed stick or something would be nice next yeah. time. Yeah, okay. They, put, they, they, um, they both had on like suit and tie and they were like duking it out and they were like these two old guys they were like wheezing and shit and and then the voiceover came on and said wouldn't it be great if the two leaders of the countries that had disputes could just settle the matter between them two instead of you know it was an anti-war commercial ah and um, anti-war commercial with violence yeah okay yeah, yeah, good point but um, it, made, it, made a, it made an interesting point in that um, our leaders, you know, go to war, but it's uh, the, you know, as you correctly pointed out, it's the civilians that suffer, you know, all the effects of war. The leaders are still in their comfy, you know, little offices in the Pentagon. You know, you know what I was just thinking about, and I'm sorry, it's kind of off topic, but just really freaking got me. Did you guys, you, you see that commercial with Hillary Clinton, you know, and it's like, the it's phone. late at night, the phone commercial. 
Yeah, the red like, phone. Who gives a fuck about that, dude? And quite frankly, you think Hillary's really going to fucking be the one picking up the phone that late at night? <laughs> no. Bill, turn over and get that. Well, Bob, you know, you say some very intelligent things, and then you, once in a while, you say something that reassures me for once and for all that I'm you a fucking truly meat stick. are an idiot. The first follow-up of a landmark study of hormone use after menopause shows hard problems linked with the pill uh, seems to fade after women stop taking them, while surprising new cancer risks appear. That hard trouble associated with hormones may not be permanent is good news for millions of women who quit taking them after the government study was halted six years ago because of heart risks and breast cancer. But the new risks for other cancers, particularly uh, lung tumors in women who had taken estrogen progestin pills for about five years, puzzled the researchers and outside experts. Those risks were completely unanticipated, said Geraldo Heiss of the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill, lead author of the follow-up analysis. The analysis focused on participants' health in the first two to three years after the study's end. During that time, those who had taken hormones but stopped were 24% more likely to develop any kind of cancer than women who had taken the dummy pills. So taking the, um, the, the, the drug, these, these hormones, and then stopping causes cancer. Can you well, imagine? You know, you know what I think? I think that they should stop putting money in all these, like, fucking, you know, birth fucking pills and shit and whatnot, birth control pills, and start putting money into fucking abortion clinics and shit, so just fuck it, dude. Let them get pregnant and instead of fucking putting all these chemicals and shit in their body that, you know, just aren't really meant to be there in the first place. I don't think, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, I just don't think that fucking need to be shoved into you and all these weird things and pills and shit. Well, this has nothing to do with getting pregnant. This is for women who, are after menopause, were being... Oh, I thought, you was, I thought it was birth control. No. These are drugs that were given to you women... You lost me, man. You gotta be more specific. Women who had gone through menopause... And their bodies changed hormones. So to regulate them, you know, they would complain about hot flashes and wacky mood swings. So the doctors would prescribe hormones to make them more regular. And um, and now we find out that these hormones are, you know, cause terrible, uh, you know, d damage, heart damage and cancer. So after women are, you know, t turn over to menopause, we have to figure out another way to deal with them going, you know, wacky like that. So that's kind of shitty. Yeah, because that's a really shitty. That's a really shitty way to have to deal with your wife for the rest of her life. First, she fucking first she loses this complete and total desire to fuck, and then well, that's and very she goes compassionate. All, of she you. goes through all the bitching and pissing and shitting and moaning. And well, then, that's very and then she gets really sick. That's well, just a really you know. I, I went through it. this with the future former ex Mrs. Jester. She yep. went through menopause, and it is very tough, man. I I gotta tell you, it's a it's a, you know difficult thing. I I can't imagine you know having to go through it. I, I and yeah, like they have my sympathy. But David Hernandez that, won't I, be uh, stripped of his uh, chance to complete to compete on American Idol. You know about this guy? No. What happened? A person close to the show who's not authorized to comment publicly, uh, and who was asked not to be identified, told Jester Radio today that there were no plans to remove Hernandez from the Fox singing competition, despite the semifinalists' past as a male stripper. The 24-year-old oh, Glendale, on, Arizona, please. once worked as an adult entertainer in Dick's Cabaret in Phoenix, appearing fully nude and performing lap dances for mostly male clientele. 
please, come on, dude. Just because the guy wants to shake his junk in front of another dude's face doesn't mean that the guy can't be on American Idol. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, I it's, mean, it's caused quite a stir, and, the, and of course, the, it would be their option because it's a you know private show, whatever, they could do whatever they want. But I would think that that would be great for their audience. I'm sure. What are their audience? 99% homos? Yeah, American I mean, Idol? pretty much. I think it's all girls and homos, right? So I would, I would think that is would that be. how you found out about it through your uh, homo connection thing you got going there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From my glory hole connections. Ah, so with only ten months left in his term and Israeli-Palestinian talks collapsed over renewed violence, President Bush said today that there's plenty of time to get the peace, Middle East peace, before he leaves. Uh, Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice is in the region this week, trying desperately to rescue peace negotiations from an absolute fucking low point. Open warfare has engulfed the Gaza Strip in the past week after Palestinian militants fired rockets into southern Israel. The Jewish state launched a major offensive in the Gaza territory that uh, is controlled by the militant uh, Hamas movement and used as a base for the rocket launches. We talked about yesterday that Israel is using these uh, drone yeah, yeah, the planes. drones, the drones. They must be fucking people up. So this is what uh, the Middle East has been falling apart slowly but surely while Bush has been concentrating all his efforts um, in saving Iraq from Saddam Hussein. It's battling a dangerous wave of home foreclosures. Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Barnicky called today for additional relief and urged lenders to help distressed owners by lowering, lowering the amounts of their loans. Now the government's calling for the banks to give everybody a, a, a break on their mortgage payment. This situation calls for vigorous response. Uh, Bernanke, by the way, his name isn't Bernanke. I keep calling him Bernanke. It's Bernanke. Bernanke. Uh, in a speech to a banking group meeting in Orlando, Florida, even with some relief efforts underway by industry and government, Foreclosures and late payments on home mortgages are likely to rise for a while longer, even according to this clown. Rising foreclosures threaten to worsen the problems in the housing market and for the national economy. Houses aren't worth shit. And this is why when people you know, put their entire life saving into their house, and then when they lose it to foreclosure, they lose their entire life savings. They lose everything, every cent that they've you know, built up. Imagine just, you know, one day going to the bank and your lifetime savings account is gone. Yeah, that would suck. And, you know, people uh, traditionally use their house in their later years as a source of income. And uh, th these older people are not going to be able to do that. We're going to see a whole new generation of old poor people because of this. And it's just going to get uh, much, much worse before it gets better. Everything's going to cascade from here. So we got some really tough... Times coming uh, in the years ahead. Yeah, you know what I always say? What's that? If at first you don't succeed, Pack it in. fuck the world and smoke more weed. Yeah. Well, so that's all a, you old people out there. That's a great thing. Just get yourself a nice little place. Just something small. Just do what you can. Grow yourself a pot plant and kick back and wait to die. Uh, yeah. It's uh, Randy Newman on Jester Radio. Please don't fuck with that dial. You're listening to the ravings of a clown this Tuesday, March the 4th. And here's a letter to the president. You take all you give. It's getting hard to make a living. Mr. President, if pity on working man, 
Just after I was born, my father said to everyone, I would be the president one day. You're a natural politician, boy. Get it in your head, and you know that it might just turn out that way. So to all the years of my oh, That's too bad. That's a good song. Something wrong with that copy of it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we got to get that fixed. That was supposed to be Harry Chapin, I Don't Want to Be President, Randy Newman before that, uh, Mr. President, and uh, here we are on the uh, Lucky Tuesday or Fat Tuesday or what is it? Big Fat Tuesday. I don't know what it is, but it's another big thing apparently for the candidates. I'm not really sure. Um, apparently we don't uh, live in a democracy at all. It's this other kind of government where we vote for people who vote for people and uh, I, I just, I sure wish somebody would explain it to me because it would seem that I still want to choose from the, the, pa- the other pack that's gone away. I want to choose from, you know, Dennis Kucinich and, uh, and um, I don't know. Snoopy, is he still running? Yeah, Pat Paulson? I don't know. Snoopy, is he still going? I think Snoopy's retired from that. You're listening to the ravings of a clown this Tuesday, March the 4th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Oregon is conducting a one-of-a-kind lottery, and the price is health insurance. Uh, 646-502-8600, by the way, gets you live on the air. 646-502-8600. 646-502-8600. Can you sing that for us, Bob? No. Yes. Uh, the state will start drawing names this week for a chance to enroll in a health care program designed for people not poor enough for Medicaid, but too cash-strapped to buy their own insurance. More than 80,000 people have signed up since registration for the lottery opened in January. Only a few thousand will be chosen for the program. This is how we're saving the old people now, by lotto. <laughs> Better than nothing, it's at least a hope, said Shirley Kruger, 61, who signed up the first day. It's been more than six months since she can afford to take insulin regularly for her diabetes. Can you imagine? Just no insulin. She had to just stop because she can't afford it. That puts her at higher risk. Why isn't insulin like a buck 98 like everything else in the store? Yeah. You know why it isn't? Because we have this whole phony baloney structure where it costs trillions of dollars to introduce a new drug to the market because of the phony FDA bullshit. And that weeds out all the smaller companies. So then these only these super huge conglomerate companies can even go into the drug manufacturing business because the hoops they make you go through takes years and years and millions and millions of dollars and then uh, so it weeds out all the lower price guys and then of course they have to recoup their costs and then even once they recoup their costs their margins are so fantastically high you know we see margins outrageous margins in the market like in housing and in automobiles you know that are just astonishing you know 10-15% but the uh, margins in the drug business are in the um, are in the seventy, eighty, ninety percentile. Jesus, it's just uh, astonishing. That's why when you yeah, pr- I kind of feel that, that I, I definitely feel and that. And that's why when you press them, when you when you crack down on them, uh, they give away their drugs like they're nothing because they really are nothing. They're cheap as balls for them to make. Yeah, somebody needs to talk to my weed man because fucking. Definitely feeling that right now. It's definitely 70, 80% tax out the ass on that. 
six months since she's been able to have her diabetes medication. Her part-time job leaves her ineligible for her employee's insurance plan, her employer's insurance plan, and not enough money to buy her own. I'm worried about it. I know it's a death sentence, she said. An estimated 600,000 people in Oregon are uninsured. Those selected in the lottery will be eligible for a standard benefit program, which was once the heralded highlight of the Oregon health plan. So those who win, man, they're going to like, it's like winning the fucking jackpot. They're going to be getting, you know, like all their drugs and they'll be getting regular doctor visits just like as if it was a normal thing to do. Yeah. You know, it should cost, you know, uh, the average person of, you know, a, a couple of thousand dollars a year medical bills between all those doctor bills and, you know, let's just get rid of all this fucking insurance and FDA and all these people that, uh, inflate the cost of uh, medicine and and healthcare, you know, to absurd proportions. You know, doctors pay sixty percent of their income to um, malpractice insurance. <laughs> For every dollar they make, they're paying sixty cents to protect themselves against you know people suing them. For, you know, cutting off the wrong leg. Sounds like they fucking need to study up a little bit more before they become a doctor, huh? Well, maybe so. Maybe we need to, you know, who knows what. Maybe we just need better doctors or maybe we need to, get, to get rid of. Chances, what we huh? need to do is we need to get rid of all of this extra structure, this phony government, you know, shit and this uh, and all this phony licensing and all this crap. Uh, get the government out of this whole thing. Let's let the uh, laissez-faire capitalism um, you know, system w work its way out. Uh, doctors will open up competing with each other down the block, offering, you know, sales and deals on, you know, signing up your whole family to come in and get checkups and, uh, and they'll charge a normal amount and they'll, you know, have less insurance and they'll have their customers sign waivers saying, uh, you know, um, you know, that, uh, that they won't sue them. You know, whatever it is we got to do to lower health costs, man, to get it back down to a regular service. It's just, you know, people used to complain, oh, it costs more to call the plumber. Or it costs more the, you know, to if if you have a, the boiler go out. Poe just had his fucking boiler go out. I said, you know, how much is a new boiler? He's like, oh, three or four grand. I was like, phew. Because, man, if you, like, break your leg or have to get your spleen taken out, it's like 20 grand, you know, minimum. It's out of control. According to court papers obtained yesterday, Superior Court Justice Susan G. Bruguera confronted ExtraJet owner Jeffrey Borer and his company to pay Garagos uh, at least $10 million. Did you hear about this? Can I sell my kidneys? Can I sell a kidney? Like, can I do that and make money off of it? Is that doable? Well, not legally, but yeah, there are places you can do that. Well, I mean, if it's not legal. No, it's I'm not. not trying to go to like, some fucking schmuck doctor and uh, have them cut out my kid. Well, you would have to go to some foreign country. I don't think there's anybody in America that'll do that. That's bullshit, dude. I should be able to sell my kid. I agree. If I want it. They should be able to sell any fucking thing that's attached to you. Like, it's mine. I can sell it. It's the Christians. I know, right? The fucking Christians, dude. All the owner of an... To listen hell. to this fucking story. The owner of an air charter service today was ordered to pay attorney Mark Garrigus and his associates several million dollars for ordering secret videotaping of Michael Jackson and the lawyers as they flew with the pop star to his surrender on molestation charges in 2003. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, five years ago when Jackson was flying um, to L.A. to give himself up, 
on molestation charges, he was videotaped in the plane with his lawyers. Yeah. And his lawyer just won a um, a whopping uh, settlement, uh, $10 million, up to 18 in compensatory and punitive damages. Man, he really needs money, <coughs> doesn't he? Jackson dropped out of the suit. This is the interesting part. Michael Jackson was not even in the lawsuit. He dropped out of it some time ago. Why? That's what I'd like to know. Maybe they would have brought some shit up. I'd like to know why Michael Jackson dropped it. He could, he could use that money now. Talk about foreclosures. Fucking Neverland Ranch is on the auction block. And he's out of money. He hasn't made his fucking house payments in months. That sucks, man. I, I mean, really don't, I, I really don't think. I, he's I don't a think he's going to end up on the street. He's a scumbag. I mean, he, he looks like a scumbag. He talks like a scumbag, and yeah, he's a scumbag. Other. He's a freak. He's a freak of nature. You don't want him anywhere near you. I don't know, dude. If it was like pictures, yeah, you know. Uh, no, there, but there's been plenty of kids who have said that they, you know, come forward. I mean, it, it, and it's obvious. He said he went on national TV and said it's okay to sleep in bed with children. Where the fuck have you been? He's guilty of sin. He's a freak of science, I tell you. And by the way, I feel bad for him. You know, I know he went underwent, you know, some kind of torture. Uh, his father, I know, regularly beat the living fuck out of him. He was the baby of the family, which, believe me, I know. That's a brutal thing on a person. I don't be such a fucking pussy. Blind, uh, the oldest. Blind rock and jazz musician Jeff Healy has died after a lifelong battle against cancer. He was 41. Healy died on Sunday evening in a Toronto hospital, according to bandmate Colin Bray, who was in the room with Haley's family, uh, Healy's family, I should say, uh, when the guitarist died. The Grammy-nominated Healy rose to stardom as the leader of the Jeff Healy Band, a rock-oriented trio that gained international acclaim and platinum record sales with the 1980 uh, album See the Light, which had that uh, hit single Angel Eyes. Healy had battled uh, cancer since he was one year old with a rare form of retinal cancer known as retinoblastoma, uh, which is what uh, killed his eyesight. Due to the blindness, Healy taught himself to play guitar by laying it uh, across his lap he played with his fingers arched yeah. over the strings. That's cool. Very unique playing style combined with his blues-oriented vocals earned him a reputation as a teenage musical prodigy. Uh, he shared the stage with George Harrison, B.B. King, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, Bray said that he and many others expected the guitarist to rally from the latest illness. I, didn't, uh, I don't think any of us was, thought this was going to happen, Bray said. We just thought he was going to bounce back, as he always does. So, um, Jeff Healy dead at uh, age 41. You're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. Please don't touch that dial.
Jeff Healy, dead at 41 years old. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this Tuesday, March the 4th, the year of our Lord, 2012. So sad, man. He was a young guy. Young guy, battled cancer for 40 years since he was one year old. That's a tough motherfucker. I give him Tough props. motherfucker. Sat on the edge of the bed, man, with that guitar on his lap, and he, he just learned to play he, like that. He definitely, definitely, definitely was probably a very good blues player. I haven't really heard a lot of his shit, but... Well, there you go. We got some more back in the library you can listen to. A hospital nurse who was jailed for life today with a recommendation that he's not released for at least 30 years for murdering four frail and elderly patients and trying to kill a fifth. Colin Norris, branded evil by the judge, gave all five women overdoses of diabetes drug insulin as they recovered from surgeries from hip fractures in their hospital in Leeds, London, 2002. A jury on Monday found him guilty of all charges, which he's denied, after a lengthy trial at Newcastle Crown Court. Sentencing him at the uh, same court today, Judge Norris said, You are, I have absolutely no doubt, a thoroughly evil and dangerous man. He added, You're an arrogant and manipulative man with a real dislike of elderly patients. His dislike stemmed from the fact that he was essentially lazy, seeing elderly patients as needing too much care, the judge said. The court was told that uh, Norris, originally from Glasgow, came under suspicion after he predicted the death of one woman who slipped into fatal hypoglycemic coma later on during his shift. He was telling other nurses at the station, boy, I bet Mrs. Jones is going to fucking... <laughs> fucking die tonight she's in there for hip surgery and they're like what and that what son of a gun she dies 32 year old who once said he did not the like caring for geriatric patients was charged after the det after the detectives striking similarities between deaths that happened while he was uh only uh he was on duty during questioning by the cops, he, he denied any involvement, tried to explain away the deaths as just a coincidence, telling officers that he'd been unlucky <laughs> over the past 12 months. <laughs> he was unlucky. Right. He was unlucky. I'll never forget, man, I was crossing over 23rd Street one day, and there was a million cops around and all these people crowded around, and there was a dead body in the middle of the fucking road. And I haven't seen too many dead bodies in my life, but it was, like, freaky. And at first, I didn't know if he was dead. There was a huge amount of blood on the ground. But the but the 911 guy was down on his knees working on him, working on him, you know? And uh, he was one guy was taking off his shoe. Yeah. Apparently, they got to take your shoes off when you, you know. He was like a bicycle guy, by the way, who that, got hit it, by a car. That, that, isn't that one of those things where, like... No, you should just leave it all together, take it all in one piece instead of fucking dismantling it right there. What's that? Yeah, like, I don't know, he's evidence now. I mean, fucking, if it was like a hit and run, I guess. Yeah, no, but they now. were trying to, that's true, but he wasn't a dead body at, at that moment. He was oh, still right. possible that they would save him. Right. So one well, guy you, was... You, you, you made it sound like he was Well, he dead. did die, he did die anyway. Right. But anyway, they take, one guy's taking off his shoe, and the other like, guy who was working on him, trying to get him to breathe, taps the guy with the shoe, and he gives him the signal, like shakes his hand, saying, like, don't bother, he's, he's finished, he's not, not going to work. And the guy then just ends up taking off his shoe, and he bloop, drops it down on the guy's like you know torso because he just instantly turned from a 
person who they were trying to save to like a, just a piece of meat. He put a shoe down on top of him. So it freaked me out. Anyway, the chick right in front of me, and I'm sort of like swimming from this experience, and this chick right in front of me goes, ugh, this is going to ruin my whole day. <laughs> I swear to God. And I just said, your day? What about, what his, about his fucking, fucking day? day? Yeah, exactly, dude. What about his day? Shipman, a general practitioner, hanged himself in prison in 2004. Um, There was um, the famous serial killer, um, uh, Harold Shipman. They're comparing him to the number of people that he may have killed. So they're not not exactly sure. They think he may have killed up to 15 people. Oh, Jesus, that's a sickening heat. He shouldn't be let out. But they say that there's other people in England that have killed up to 250 people or more. Nurses. They get some some sick motherfuckers. Freaky people. And that's where the more, more uptight, you know, society is over there. Yeah, I and that can makes you that. that makes you a freaky person. I can understand that. Recordings of nine one one calls made as a gunman rampaged through a fast food restaurant captured the screams, moans, and banging that ensued after the killer um, after he killed a paramedic at the counter and fired at panicked customers. Remember yesterday, yeah, we the guy about that yesterday. had come in to get the can the, the the toy for his kid. Surveillance video shows gunman Edward, uh, uh, um, his name is Alburn, Edward Blake. His first name is Alburn, A-L-B-U-R-N. No wonder he went on a rampage. Folks, if you're thinking about naming your kids. Well, wait a minute, what was his name again? Alburn, his first Alburn. name. Alburn? A-L-B-U-R-N. Alburn Edward Blake entering the Wendy's during the lunch I'm surprised rush. surprised he didn't do that in fucking high school. He went straight to the bathroom authority, said he emerged minutes later to fatally shoot Lieutenant Rafael Vasquez, who had gone back into the restaurant to exchange a kid's meal toy with his, um, that his child had received. Blake had fired additional 20 shots, more than there were people in the restaurant, uh, wounding four others. The 911 tapes recorded the sounds made as customers frantically called for help. Um, patrons Christ. screamed and dived for cover as the gunman fired. Then you can see him return to the center of the restaurant where he shoots himself in the head and takes his life. So they're, they're describing the video, the cops, but they're not releasing it. They're, but they are releasing the audio. And the audio, sh- you, know, sh- you know, is like a, um, you know, you can get it at Breitbart.com or at uh, CNN.com. But it's a bunch of people screaming like lunatics. They're shooting up the place, somebody's saying. Jesus. You know, personally, personally, you know, when I was younger, I have to say when I was a kid, I was drawn to, like, you know, freaky, morbid shit like that. But now, man, I'm older. I don't, you know, I don't really care to see that kind of video and hear those kinds of tapes. I hear them in my fucking head anyway. So when I read a story like that, man, I just put right away, I go right to the mechanics of the situation. I think about the guy actually walking in, sweat pouring out of him, going to the bathroom, then coming out and start shooting people dead, man. I see myself as being the dead guy all the fucking time. So to hear the audio, I don't know. Hi, on Mount Sinai. This is such an amazing fucking story. My brother Neil, who was a world-renowned anthropologist when he was much younger than even you were and worked with Margaret Mead, had said uh, maybe, you know, 40 years ago that Moses was wasted on Mount Sinai. 
and that there were known drugs that grew in that part of the fucking <laughs> desert that were hallucinogenics and that specifically caused the kinds of hallucinations. You know, some drugs yeah. cause specific hallucinations. Neil actually turned me on to a drug that made you see mountain lions. And when I he, you told and me when about he went to fucking Egypt and he gave a fucking guy a hit of it without telling him that, the next day he said, how was that fucking shit? And he said, you know... I had hallucinations of large house cats all night. <laughs> so the, the drug really does make you see certain shit. And my brother Neil, man, told me about this 40 years ago. And, he else, and I'll tell you something else he showed me. And I actually have a piece that's of the stone. I, I'll, I'll show you later. There's a special kind of stone that's on Mount Sinai. And if you look at the stone, it looks like green veins coming up f through it. Yep. It's the iron in the, in the rock. Yeah. And it's like sort of this um, fractal pattern that sort of looks like branches of a bush. Really? And the stone itself is very reflective. So imagine if you're wasted, you're looking at a rock that has all these green, bushy veins running in yep, it, yep, and the yep. sun is reflecting off of it. That's the burning bush. And my brother Neil, 40 years ago, said Moses was wasted yep. on the Mount Sinai. Yep. Moses was, a psychedelic, uh, was on psychedelic drugs, when he heard God deliver the Ten Commandments, an Israeli researcher claimed in a study published this week. So fuck you Christians. Such, uh, such mind-altering substances <laughs> formed an integral part of the religious rites of, Israeli, of uh, the Israelites back in biblical times. According to Benny Shannon, a professor of cognitive psychology at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, uh, wrote in the Time and Mind Journal of Philosophy, as for Moses on Mount Sinai is concerned, it was either a supernatural cosmic event, which I don't believe, or a legend, which I don't believe either, or finally, and this is very probable, an event that has joined Moses and the people of Israel under the effects of narcotics. Shannon told Israeli Public Radio today, Moses was probably also on drugs when he saw the burning bush, suggested Shannon, who said he himself had dabbled with such substances. <laughs> the Bible <laughs> says man. people see sounds, and that is a classic phenomenon, he said, citing the example of religious ceremonies in the Amazon in which drugs are used to induce people to see music. He mentioned his own experience when he used ayahuasca, a powerful psychotropic plant, during a religious ceremony in Brazil's Amazon forest in 1991. I experienced visions that had spiritual religious connotations. Shannon said, he said the psychotic, uh, or rather psychedelic effects of Ayathuasqua were comp comparable to those produced by concoctions based on the bark of the acacia tree. This is frequently mentioned in the Bible. So there you go. Obviously, everybody in the Bible was stoned. You know how we know that? Because everybody all, uh, all the time was stoned, starting from fucking, you know, uh, the beginning of mankind when we first started sucking down the uh, fermented fruit and getting wasted. Yeah. Yeah. And we were beating each other up over it because that was the shit. Hell yeah. You see what I'm saying? I know what you're talking about. You don't know shit. Hey, you listening to the Roovings of a Clane? This March the 4th, the year of our Lord, 2008, hanging behind the glass with uh, my old pal Bob the Engineer, with me from the start. Louie and S. Poe hanging in the Just Radio chat room. Got something to say about it? 646-502-8600. How many roads must a man walk down before you can call him a man? 
the jester himself on Jester Radio. Speak too soon for the wheel still in spin 
And there's no telling who that it's naming Was a loser now will be later to win For the times they are a-changing From senators, congressmen, please heed the call Don't stand in the doorway, don't lock up the hall For he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled The battle outside region Will soon shake your windows and rattle your walls For the times they are a-changing Mothers and fathers throughout the land And don't criticize what you can't understand Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command Your old road is rapidly aging Please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand For the times they are a-changing The curse it is cast The slow one now Will later be fast As the present now Will later be past The order is rapidly fading And the first one now Will later be last For the times They are a-changing Writers and critics who prophesize with your pen and keep your eyes wide. The chance won't come again. Don't speak too soon, for the wheel is still in spin, and there's no telling who that it's naming. For the loser now will be later to the win, for the times they are changing. And indeed they are this very moment as we speak. Senator, Senator Hillary Clinton is projected to take Ohio, a state considered a must-win for her campaign. Clinton earlier broke Obama's 12-contest winning uh, streak with her victory in Rhode Island. Obama was projected to take Vermont, but the contest in Texas is still too close to call. So apparently the whole country is uh, uh, on pins and needles over this uh, this whole bunch of primaries which uh, doesn't seem fair because I'm not voting in it and you're not voting in it, and yet all these people get to choose who gets to be um, w- you know, one of the select few that can run for president. Not sure I really understand that system. 646-502-8600 is our phone number. Please give us a call and tell us what's um, going on in your head. Uh, 646 646- 502-8600. And uh, you can also stop by the Jester Radio chat room where uh, um, Louie and I were just discussing um, Hillary's uh, big victory in Ohio. 
Uh, voters in two Vermont towns approved measures today calling for the indictment of President Bush and Vice President Dick Cheney for what they consider violations of the Constitution. More symbolic than anything, uh, the uh, items sought to have uh, police arrest Bush and Cheney if they ever visit Brattleboro or nearby Marlboro or to extradite them for prosecution elsewhere if they're not impeached first. In Brattleboro, the vote was 2012 to 1795. In Marlboro, which held a town meeting on the issue, it was 43 to 25, with three abstentions. It really carries no weight, said Brattleboro town clerk Annette Cappy. Our town attorney general has no legal authority to draw up any papers to allow our police officers to do so. But the gentleman who initiated the petition got the signatures, wanted it on the ballot to make a statement. The measure in Marlboro isn't binding because it didn't appear on the warning for a meeting, according to Nora Wilson. It was emotional. There were heartfelt speeches on both sides, Wilson said. Boy, wouldn't you uh, love to have been there and heard what those uh, arguments were? I, I sure do love a good argument, don't you? The question put to voters in Brattleboro referred to crimes against our Constitution but did not specify the allegations. I'll be happy to specify. Which amendment do you want to start with? Start with the First Amendment when he was being uh, um, uh, sworn in. Uh, he had the police arrest you know, people wearing fuck Bush T-shirts in Brattleboro. And then it just went downhill from there. In Brattleboro, a steady stream of voters paraded into the Union High School gym to cast their ballots on a day when school board elections and Vermont's presidential primary were also on the slate. Voters interviewed after casting ballots said that they saw the article as an opportunity to express their frustration over the war in Iraq and Bush's tenure in general. It's not even so much as just the war in Iraq. It's just what a fucking useless clown he is. I realize it's an extreme thing to do and really silly in a way, said Robert George, 74, a retired photographer. But I'm really angry about us getting involved in the war in Iraq and Bush disrespecting the will of the people. Amen. Thank goodness there's still folks uh, running around out there that uh, are, are thinking with their heads. A 19-year-old Pasco Washington man is in jail after a police dog sniffed him out of a doghouse. When a man called police early today to report that his car had been stolen, officers around the city began searching for it. You imagine calling the cops and they right away run out and start looking for your car. When I when my car was stolen out of my driveway in Stamford, Connecticut, like one of the you know, fucking top 10 communities in the country. The cops were like, yeah, just when you get a chance, come on down and report it. You know, call your insurance. Uh, they spotted it once and tried to stop the car, but the driver accelerated and tried to get away. Eventually, the driver ditched the car and fled on foot. Officers from five agencies staged themselves around the area, and Pasco's canine unit was called in to help with the search. Police dog found Francisco Montalvo hiding in a doghouse. He had been booked. He was booked into the Benton County Jail for uh, investigation of eluding a police vehicle and first-degree theft. First, the eluding, though. Something strange going on in your neighborhood. You may want to give Brooklyn Ghost Investigations a call. For a mere twenty bucks an hour, the group of self-proclaimed paranormal investigators offers to go to your house to help chase away whatever goes bump in the night. When I was ten years old, I started to see things, spirits, and ghosts said uh, Sal Ochoni, 
27, who formed the group with two other Brokenites. When I was 10 years old, I, uh, what do you call, started to uh, see things. The group which claims to have honed its spooky craft by watching TV shows like Ghost Hunters and Paranormal State have one client, a man who claims that he saw two apparitions in his apartment. Ciccone and other members of his group, um, Sergio Ocasio, who's uh, 20 years old, went to the guy's house, waited until 3 a.m. to catch a glimpse of the ghost. Uh, I caught something on tape, Ciccone says. Looked like two lights moving around, like the spirits were playing with each other. He said they used a homemade Ouija board, often used in seances, to supposedly talk to the dead or the undead, to coax the boogeyman to leave, but didn't work. Sometimes spirits are afraid to show themselves, he said. Well, there you go. So apparently there are these TV shows, uh, like on the Discovery Channel, that sort of legitimize this f fashion in ghost uh, hunting. And, uh, you know, people don't, um, you know, there's been a few tens of thousands of years for there to be the, uh, the uh, you know, sort of um, ghost, uh, you know, for there to be any kind of proof that such things exist, but uh, unfortunately, you know, since after you die, you're dead, and the worms eat your carcass, and a hundred million years from now, you'll only then just start being dead forever, uh, then unfortunately, ghosts, uh, you know, couldn't possibly be. There are uh, some scientific explanations for experiences with, um, you know, people that maybe are not in the same dimension as us, uh, but um, ghosts, probably not. I think that the, uh, that the uh, appalling lack of evidence um, would lead us to believe after all these years, probably not. Haven't seen any, haven't seen anything yet. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe. Don't touch that dial. Maybe a damn Well, it's all 
happy to feel that And it don't matter if you're by my side I'm satisfied Well, it's Forest, to the Gulf 
Jester Radio uh, by uh, Woody Guthrie, who uh, wrote that in a in a very difficult uh, period of this country's history, when there was a great deal of unemployment and a great deal of dissatisfaction with the government, and he wrote it as a reminder that uh, every bit of America still belongs to each and every one of us. It's your birthright, so nobody can take that away from you. So um, the con- your own constitution actually gives you the right to um, protest against your own government. It's a very unique government that we have. It's really the worst one in the world except for all the other ones, which are much, much worse. Hanging in the Jester Radio chat room with Louie and S. Poe. Why not stop by and say hi? Riveting uh, political debate going on. As well, six four six five zero two eighty six hundred gets you live on the air. Give us a call uh, if there's something on your mind. The couple that had their first date at the home improvement store, so they thought it would be a handy place to get hitched to. Galen and Whitwer uh, and Francine Brickner Whitwer of Gibbon, uh, Nebraska, were married on Friday, standing in a kitchen display at the Maynard store in Kearney. They remodel homes as a hobby. This is where we spend all our spare time, where we spend all our spare money, Galen Whitwer told uh, the Kearney Hub. It's just the right place for us. They got engaged on Valentine's Day after dating for three years. Uh, it's the second marriage for both. And they got, uh, where do you want to get hitched? In the hardware store. Vern Potter's whereabouts have been unknown since Concord, New Hampshire police issued an arrest warrant for him back in January. Then a police lieutenant happened to spot a page one photo of the guy in uh, Tuesday's New Hampshire union leader shoveling snow off the roof of Andover Elementary School. The photo accompanied a story with the headline, Up on the Roof, Shoveling Reaches New Levels. Police learned that uh, Potter who works for a roofing company, was at the school uh, again today and arranged to uh, arrest him on insurance fraud. Potter is scheduled to be arraigned in Concord District Court tomorrow. He's accused of filing a false personal injury claim following an accident in 2006. (laughs) And he's up on the roof shoveling snow. A child's birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese restaurant was cut short after a fight broke out between two of the moms. Natick, Massachusetts police said the mom of a nine-year-old birthday boy apparently became enraged because the other woman's son was hogging the arcade game. Sergeant Paul Thompson said that Catherine Alaga, 38, and Tarsha Williams, 33, both of uh, Boston, would be uh, summoned into court to answer charges of simple assault and battery stemming from the scuffle. 
Your kid been on that video game all day. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Wham. Officials now, that's my Bessie. That's where Bessie used to talk. Officials now who wrote a 50-year-old postcard that, um, I don't know if you remember, a couple of weeks ago we did this story that uh, Stratford, Connecticut um, resident got a 50-year-old postcard, no explanation how it just appeared in the mail. Um, but they may never solve the mystery of how it arrived at Town Hall early this year. The cellophane wrap postcard postmarked August fifteenth, 1957, showed up in January more than 50 years after it was sent from East Summer, Maine, to Stratford town manager Harry Flood, who died back in 1966. Hi, enjoying this rather fallish weather. It was 44 degrees yesterday. See you next week. Alice, it said. Apparently, they didn't have the Internet back then, so they had to get the weather <laughs> by postcard. Fairfield genealogist Melanie Marks did some sleuthing and concluded that the postcard might have been sent to Flood by Alice Staples, the widow of an assistant town clerk at the time. So we're getting to the bottom of it. Hey, uh, you're on the air with uh, Jester Radio. Who's calling? It's uh, Han First. Hey, Han. Who's Han First? That's right. What? You want to play uh, Stump? No, you want to play uh, Name That Tune? Go ahead, whip it on me. All right, how many notes? Uh, let's do uh, three. Happy birthday to you. No. I played again. Uh, sorry, is it old McDonald? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think that's a song, actually. You don't think that's a song? What, is that old McDonald? Should I give you a clue? Yeah, go ahead. It's got to do with some kind of food. First person <laughs> that emails in the correct answer. First Is it, is it the Banana Boat song? No. It's got to do with some kind of food that's not too tall. <laughs> and uh, you can put it in a box. Okay. Go ahead. Give us one more time. Whip it on us. All right. All right. Well, thanks very much. We'll, we'll get back to you with the uh, responses. All right. All right. Thanks for calling in, Han, first on the uh, harmonica there. I swear to God, I've been uh, hmm, I've been listening to uh, music for a long time. I did not recognize that tune. Uh, but uh, if you do, please uh, send it in to request. I mean, uh, trivia at radio dot com, and I'm sure if there's any guess, or you could uh, AOL Instant Messenger us. At Jester Radio 1, Skype us at Jester Radio, stop by the Jester Radio chat room. You could also do all that. Anyway, I don't think anybody's anybody knows what that song is, Han. But thanks very much for trying. Maybe he'll tell us later on um, in the show. By the way, I did want to mention this. A couple of folks um, have asked me what's happening with the Jeff. Um, I actually spoke to her today very briefly and... You know, just sort of matter of fact. And then I called her back. I sort of was getting, like, worked up a little bit. But I called her back, and very calmly I just said, you know, I'd like to talk to you. 
And so when you get some time, she said, sure, when? you want Tonight? Tomorrow? So I said, well, tonight's not good, but probably tomorrow. Well, what time? 10, noon, uh, 9 o'clock? So we scheduled a convenient time to talk. She can give me an hour, she said. Could have been more if I talked to her tonight, but wasn't didn't work out. So um, she can give me an hour tomorrow, noonish. So I'll let you know what's going to happen. I'm sort of planning on uh, sort of having a kind of a like a sort of a shoe down. Uh, it's going to be a, sh- uh, a, a, a showdown at the OK Corral. That's my prediction. So um, it's going to be a difficult conversation, I, 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 I think. And it's going to be sort of, uh, uh, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it depends on my mood. I'll see. I'm trying to get very calm about it and, uh, you know, not work myself into a frenzy of hostility and anxiety, as one might think that I might do, but au contraire. Um, So... We'll see what happens with that. And I'll keep you posted on that story. Uh, It wasn't the coffee that had the kick. It was the thermos. A Gentry Arkansas couple says that a Stanley thermos that they owned for a number of years exploded today, coating their apartment with a fine layer of charcoal dust. The thermos, which, by the way, was subject to a 2005 recall, had a weak handle and once broken... The thermos's vacuum seal can fail, releasing non-toxic charcoal powder into the air. Regina Bauer said that's what happened to her today. Walking through her home, she brushed a circle of fine black powder into the kitchen counter. She beat her sofa, sending a cloud of dust into the air. I could never think a thermos could cause this much devastation in one home, Bauer said. It's really devastating to us because it's everything we own. Bowers put the damage at around $9,000, saying the dust got into her TV set, her computer, and other electronics. She said Stanley have been very helpful and promised to help financially after the explosion. So that's what all their shit amounts to, nine grand worth of shit. I can tell you, man, there's a lawyer over at Stanley, Stanley Corporation right now going, phew. They're glad it's not 109000 or a million 9,000. A pot grower in Northern California is following nature's rules, if not the law. Workers who were sorting uh, items at a San Jose recycling center last week found a large trash bag full of marijuana plants. The center collects leaves, tree limbs, and other natural material for composting, but San Jose police say that the plants won't end up that way. Instead, they'll be held as evidence of a crime. And now here's the interesting part. Police say the marijuana could have come from anywhere in Santa Clara County. They don't know how much of the pot in the bag was sellable. So this was a recycling center where people took branches and twigs and trees to be, to be recycled. And some eco-minded pot grower probably did exactly that. They put the what's left over from the pot plant after you take off all the buds. So that pro- sounds like what they found. They don't know how much in the pot was se- in the bag was sellable, meaning it, it, what, 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 how much of pot is normally not sellable? None of it, except the fucking branches and twigs that you pull off of it. So it sounds like they're now going to be looking for somebody who they should be thanking because 
they were nice enough to the environment to not leave it rotting on their property, but to bring it to the recycling center and have it turned into mulch to enrich the land. They should get a pass on that. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown this March the 4th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Uh, Hillary and Barack uh, remain neck and neck uh, battling over Texas, but it doesn't look good, you know, uh, even with 3 or 4% um, already coming in from Texas. It looks like Barack's got the lead, but I guess that could turn around. Either way, I'm sure Hillary's going to make a lot of hay out of this um, win in Ohio. And uh, the horse race goes on, and still uh, a small, relatively insignificant uh, percentage of America will choose who we get to vote for in November. Still not sure what that's about. Maybe uh, you can clarify it for me. You're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jest Radio. I've been waiting for something to happen in a week or a month or a year with the blood and the ink of the headlines and the sounds of the crowd in my ear. I've been waiting for something to happen for a week or a month or a year with the blood and the ink of the headlines and the sound of the crowd in my ear. You might ask what it takes to remember When you know that you've seen it before Where a government lies to a people And a country is drifting to war And there's a shadow on the faces Of the men who sent the guns To the wars that are fought in places Where their business interest runs On the Talk shows and the TV You hear one thing again and again How the USA stands for freedom And we come to the aid of a friend But who are the ones that we call our friends These governments killing their own Or the people who finally can't take anymore And they pick up a gun or a brick or a stone And there are lights in the balance Who our enemies are But they're never the ones 
Love that bamboo flute. Jackson Brown on Jester Radio. They sell us the president the same way they sell us our clothes and our cars. They sell us everything from youth to religion the same time they sell us our wars. I want to know who the men in the shadows are. I want to hear somebody asking them why they can be counted on to tell us who our enemies are, but they're never the ones to fight or to die. And there are lives in the balance. There are children at the cannons there are people under fire and there's blood on the wire whatever the fuck that means that's that little zots of poetry there at the end you gotta always end with a little zits of poetry so then people go yeah what oh right huh keeps them thinking Hey, you've been listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this uh, Super Fat Tuesday, March the 4th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Thanks so very much for stopping by and spending a little of your time with us. Bob the Engineer has asked me to remind you that you pick up the podcast if you're away. Uh, the uh, show was usually available uh, one half hour after the uh, end of the show. And you can download it through iTunes or you can go to JesterRadio.com and click on Podcast. Uh, extra special thanks to all those who have um, clicked on the donate button this week uh, on Jester Radio. If you want to keep our um, oblique perspective of the daily events um, in both uh, my life and the, your lives uh, going on nightly, please do stop by and click on that button and uh, just give it a little bit, a couple of bucks. Uh, would be greatly appreciated and would go uh, towards the cause, go right to the um, station. Uh, special thanks uh, go out to uh, all those that uh, dropped notes. And if we didn't get to your request this evening, then stick around after the show. Uh, keep in mind, Jester Radio is on 24-7 with all the greatest um, classic rock folk and comedy on the net, perhaps in the uh, universe. I dare say. And by the way, our newly um, designed playlist of um, over 16,000 from our collection of uh, over 60,000 uh, prime uh, MP3 cuts is uh, what you'll get when you leave the uh, station going. So leave it on 24-7. Let it go in the background. You'll hear lots of uh, great uh, music and comedy. And uh, it's good for you and it's good for us. Keeps our ratings going. Keeps us on the charts. Um, what else? That's it. We will meet in that place 
that darkness never comes. Until that time, remember, you're living in the best the goddamn country on Earth. And if you're not living in America, maybe next time. Good night. See you tomorrow. Yeah.